We got lawyers. <laughs> I guess we do. Got legal representation. King Q. Yes. So, welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Fellas Five Podcast, coming to you live on whatever. It won't platform. be. It won't be live won't be when live. they hear it. It's fine. It's live to you. Sure. It's in your. It's life. live to. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Part of your life. In, in that kind. Sure. Uh, welcome to all of our listeners once again. Uh, today we are we are down one person. So you may be missing a familiar voice, uh, but don't worry, he's with us in spirit, and uh, you know, I'm sure he's gonna add some more stuff next time he's on. Um, tonight's yes, topic, Kevin. We do, brother Charles. Say, uh, tonight's episode, our topic is black male persona. What does it mean to us? And what does it mean to be a black male in America right now? And we're not asking, this isn't a topic to speak to the entire, you know, demographic of black males, just you individually. How do you interpret it? What are your thoughts, feelings on it? Um, Yeah. We can start with kind of how you define it and your thoughts and feelings and then we can. I have one avenue that is a, a definite deep dive that we can go into, but I want to kind of just get everybody's input to kind of get everything started. Okay. I guess I'll uh, I'll jump in first. Um, so I've been thinking about this. I guess since we decided to to talk about this, um, and a few things just kept coming around for me. One of them is. <laughs> One of them is, I feel like the idea of a black male pers- of the black male persona is specifically related to everything else, right? Um, I almost wonder if the idea of a black male persona exists independently. Um, I feel like it exists because of um, how black men are perceived by black women, how black men are perceived by white women, how um, black men are perceived by white men. So interestingly enough, I feel like the idea of a black male of the black male persona is something that was created as not as a counter, but as as, as an offshoot of another persona. Um, so I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think there are a lot of feelings, a lot of, of history, a lot of challenge, a lot of celebration. There's a lot that really goes in, into this idea. Um, and, you know, we can kind of expand on that a little bit more later, but just that's my idea of it, just to kind of get us started with that. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, I kind of agree with you, Warren, uh, in regards to, well, I guess I'm going to say the shorter version of what he just said in like, you know, four <laughs> minutes. He's, like, he pretty much just kind of like, Wow. <laughs> this idea of the black male was created by everybody else other than the black male. Mm. Um, so again, he, he stated, you know, it's the idea of, it's the perception of, of black males from black women, from white women, from from white males. Like, it's not something that I guess we, we said, okay, we are black men and we are like this. No, it's, we are perceived like this by other people and we kind of, you know, take from those like 
okay, yeah, I see myself as this, or I see myself as that. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm the black. That that I'm that black male. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of, I kind of see what you're getting at. Um, I don't, I don't know, cause I guess, granted, I am black and I am a male. Um, but I guess I don't, I don't view, like I don't look at things from like. Like, I guess I don't look at everything as, like, a black male. Like, I just look at it as I am a male. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, um, to say, like, what being a black male means, like, to me, like, what that is to me, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I guess, at this point in the conversation, because I, I, I honestly, when we, when we first discussed this, I didn't even know what avenue we were going down with this, like, mm-hmm. with it being, like, really, really general. I mean, you know, I could say tons of things as if like, uh, you know, strong and, and, and perseverant and, you know, I could say all these types of things um, and say, you know, yeah, that's what I feel like the black male is. Um, or I, I guess I could say that's what I feel I am, maybe. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I, I didn't know what avenue you wanted to take this down. So that's why I was kind of, I kind of wanted to feed off of you, Juan, um, yeah. to, see, to see like, the road you wanted to go down so i'm like oh okay this is what we're doing all right cool so 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 i'm ready because gotcha. it was like really really broad um mm-hmm. so it was really kind of hard to like narrow it down and like put an actual grasp on it um mm-hmm. you know so to speak so i mean granted yeah i have tons of thoughts but like yeah like that was like i don't i guess like i said that's not something like i think about like i do define myself as like a black male um but i don't like I, I when i define myself i define myself as a male i don't define myself as like a black male kind of sort of like again that's not to say that i'm not black folks i'm not sitting here trying to say i'm not black or anything like that oh you ain't black <laughs> like i'm not doing that i just like i just i don't like daily i, just, I don't walk around saying that like i don't think about myself like that. I just think about myself as a man. Gotcha. So, I, I, I 100% think of myself as a black male. Like, yes, I'm a male, but, you know, in terms of how I describe myself, I'm an African-American male, and I am reminded of that <laughs> by society, honestly. So that's kind of my, my, my take on that. But I, I do agree with Rio. Um, Quan, you're in the paint, so I'm gonna pass the rock to you so you can kind of feed us in this conversation, bro. So say less. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Gotta, uh, say, I think, think Quan. Yeah. Uh, um, he wants the ball in the wing now. So pass it back. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna dribble for. <laughs> I'm dribbling for a little bit. Um, I just wanted to make a, a clarifying statement. Um, my response was black men, a black man in America. Oh, okay. Okay. That, okay. Just right. just to be clear, that was everything was kind of based on this idea of a black man in America, everything that I had said up to this point. All right. Back to you, Kwan. Gotcha. Okay, so um and because words have meaning and they have power, it's always important that we kind of define some of the stuff. So I think black we have a good handle on, male we have a good handle on, but that word persona can be a little tricky. So it's defined, it, it's a noun. The aspect of someone's character that is presented to or perceived by others. So um, the my kind of takeaway in terms of you know what those three words mean together is how 
how we are identified by other people, but it's part of it is how it, it unfortunately has less to do with how we present ourselves and more about how we are perceived. Got it. Like um, just um, like just off the rip without knowing anything about us. Just I see black male. This is these are the things that I think about. I associate with black males. So um, so with that, but so these just a challenge. So with that being the case, so we're not we're not having this conversation from our perspective. We're having this conversation from what do we think other people see that as, right? Because that's kind well, of going off of what you just said. Partly. So it's 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 what. What is how do how do we feel about that? About this notion that we we exist, but our identity to a certain extent isn't even ours. Like we exist in a in a country, in a place, and in a space, and in a time where we we exist, but then there's another aspect to us that we haven't done anything to create or contribute to, but yet that is something that is used to define and identify us. Okay. Um, so I, I brought up a couple articles. I read a couple articles and I actually listened to some articles too, because apparently that's what I do. Oh, here we go. Listen to the articles. So one, a couple things. So obviously we know about the history of, you know, our our ancestry in this country and and slavery and how you know the our history is not just fractured but also has been told through the lens of another culture, and so we don't even necessarily have the absolute truth about who we are and you know how we came to be and how we've been able to form these opinions. A lot of these things have been things we've had to kind of, uh, you know, figure out from another culture. So we've had to like cleanse it to really understand the truth and, and meaning behind it and then have to do that, you know, very difficult work of like trying to figure things out for ourselves. Um, and so, so this gets heavy. This gets deep, right? So a, a lot of it is, you know, I, I looked at one one article that talked about how racial bias in judgments of physical size and uh, formidability from size to threat. This there was a study done in 2017 where basically the the over or the underlying notion is that people see black men as larger, more threatening. Than same sized white men, which I found that to be obviously something that we we know, but is also something that's kind of um, interesting and shocking that there's 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 data there's like empirical data that like supports this that we can see it that people can look at two bodies that are the same but because one is black it somehow has these these attributes added to it, despite the fact that it's the exact same thing. So, you know, in this study, they took, you know, um, they did everything from like just the, 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 the skin tone to the facial hair to, um, you know, the, the size and shape of muscles, body shapes, all these different things. And if they labeled one as black or one as white, 
then the black one had these additional attributes to it that just weren't even present in the actual person. Um, so I, I found that to just be like strikingly interesting, but also that's something that we grapple with as as black men living in a society. You know, we have to worry about snap judgments that people make about us based off of this this internalization of like who we are without, again, not knowing us, not having said a word to us, but seeing you're a male, you're black, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all these attributes just get thrown onto you. Um, so again, like I, I'm, there's a, a deep dive I'm going into, but I, I want to just kind of segment this um, and try to get, get you guys reaction and your thoughts on it as we go along. So I would I would offer that your articles are based in the United States, or they're they're probably American articles. Yeah. Like maybe you don't remember. Okay. See, and right, that was my guess. So I feel like if you look at the history of the country and just the way black males have been kind of represented, um, it's not surprising that this is the what the data has shown. But you, you guys know my my opinions on data and how it'll be skewed to convey a message. Like I'm going to start this study with this thing I want to prove, and I'm going to give you the results that support my belief or my thought. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what these articles are showing. Um, they are probably done by people that had this initial bias or thought or idea of what black men were or what people thought of them and said, hmm, let me see if I can get this to get this to kind of be true. Um, there, as an example, the, I don't know if anybody's heard of the implicit bias, implicit bias test. Um, it's this test that um, I think it's UCLA implicit bias, bias test. And if you just type it up in Google, you'll find it. But what it does is give you a series of um, images and sometimes words, and it'll flash them and it'll say, you know, um, pick which one you know fits this thing, this category, or whatever. Um, and I think what it's the the attempt of it is to point out implicit biases that people have. And I think that the spirit of that is 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 important because I think it reminds us and it shows people that we have biases. But I don't. What I don't like about it is the fact that the way it's geared, it's going to. It's kind of like. Um, it's going to lead you to this this widely held thing, like black black people are dangerous, or you know Asians are are, are smart or more intellectual than like all of these stereotypes that I think we've been told, or that I, I, I won't say we, but I'll say that I have heard, you know, as I've kind of you know had conversations, you know, watched television shows and movies, just kind of growing up. So I feel like a lot of what we're going to hear is going to support what has already been believed. Um, and unfortunately, the conversations, the conversations I think are definitely having more are happening more now to dispel some of these myths and kind of, you know, move away from that. But I think by and large, there is, you know, even if you look in and in the way history is told in certain situations, there are there are narratives that are being pushed down. Um, and I'm, and I don't want to say this is to keep the stereotypes around. I think the narratives have they continue to exist, 
because they are not challenged, which I think is a different thing. Okay. That's, that's my piece. I mean, I think I, I feel the same way. Like, I'm not surprised that, I guess, these studies show these results. Um, we have been viewed as, like, violent or dangerous, you know, for, you know, for years, for decades, centuries. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that to show up in those studies even now, you know, well, you said in 2017, so, you know, four years ago. I'm not I'm not surprised by that. Like none of this stuff is really going away. And I think, yeah, what Warren just said, like, it's not challenged because it's like you commit you'll you'll, you know, conduct these studies and come up with this data, but you just collect the data, state a point, and then just move on. Like, let's not let's get to the bottom of it and say why. Like, why do you still feel this way? You know, what happened for you to still feel this way? Like, it should be a next step. And the fact that that doesn't exist, honestly, it kind of makes the studies pointless. Like, what are you, like, what are you actually doing? It's like, it's kind of like you're polling. Okay, how do you feel about these people? You get the information and then you publish it. And that's it. You just publish it and say, it's pretty much saying to, you know, their reader base, these things still exist. But you did nothing, nothing is being done to change that viewpoint. Well, I think they, a lot of times they, they do some of this research in hopes that it can provide data so that it can lead to, you know, um, you know, better decision-making and, and legislation and, and policy change. Um, but that only happens when that data is actually used. Um, and if it's, you know, um, presented in a fashion that. Like Warren said, it's challenged. If right. it's not challenged, it's, it, the, the, the data is, is, if it's not being used to do something, it's pointless data. Like, it's useless. It means yeah. nothing. You, what is the point of collecting a bunch of information if you're not going to use the information to do good? Like, it's just, again, it's just being published. It's being published and then left, what, to the public to figure out? No. Like, that's not how things work. Yeah. Like, the, the public don't, they don't go read an article and say, you know what? I don't like the results that I saw in this. I'm going to do something about it. Like, that type of stuff rarely happens, if ever. Like, that type of stuff doesn't happen. So, you know, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. Like, this is, this, it's an ongoing cycle. Like, I'm pretty sure this study happened prior to 2017. I'm pretty sure a study, like, that, that's not the first time that that study occurred. And it's not the first time those results came about, and it's not going to be the last. So it's, it's interesting. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I no, I'm just saying, I'm just not surprised. I'm just not surprised. Um, it's interesting to note that uh, beginning after the Civil War, you had a lot of um, journalists or scientific people and newspapers and all sorts of uh, writers um, of literature uh began describing black men a certain way. You know, that's when we became brutes, animalistic, destructive, and prone to criminality. And you had the um, the film Birth of a Nation. Um, so Birth of a Nation uh, was an important piece because in that you had the depiction of the, the black savage, who was a, a white person in, in blackface, mind you, um, who 
became a threat to white people, namely white women. And so then you had this narrative of the hypersexualized black male, um, where he posed a threat to white society because he was attacking, you know, white innocence. Um, and, and in the in the scene here, the iconic scene, it's a white woman would rather kill, or she'd rather jump off a bridge or jump off a cliff than to have, you know, be touched or be be involved with uh, a, a you know a black beast, um, which is is it's crazy on, on one end. Right. Because that that movie itself is what led to the formation of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, But then also it's it's crazy to think that the narrative was created again, not by black people. This was a narrative created by white people. Um, You know, again, like at the after, you know, the Civil War and after, you know, people were upset that they lost. and this was kind of like a means to disenfranchise a population of people to say, you know, they can't have their freedom because these people are savages. You can't let these people just be free because they're just going to terrorize and destroy and be destructive. Um, and then it's also where you get the narrative of, you know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the the hypersexuality and then the black male genitalia and everything that kind of comes along with that. like. And that's, you know, a whole nother conversation and narrative that, that we can discuss in a minute. Go ahead, Warren. Um, so I was just, th- I was, as you were mentioning the uh, kind of the, the movie and just how that, that whole story, it dawned on me, um, who made, the, who was, was making the movies? White mm-hmm. men, right? And my, uh, I wonder if, so backing up a little bit, my belief is that a lot of these isms are based on their fear responses. So uh, a lot of these, a lot, a lot of the things that people don't like, it's it's a fear of of wanting to know better, wanting to get comfortable with, or just wanting to accept as a part of a part of their reality. So I wonder if these movies, as they're being made, are white men being afraid of the possibility that there's another because again if we're looking at when things happen women women were not women were women were property as well just in a very different sense right so if if white men are the one in, the ones in power and they have this power uh and their their property being white women and black men um why wouldn't those two items of articles of property get comfortable? So I wonder if this is like a, a promotion of this narrative that, oh, you know, uh, black men are savages and they're terrible and, and you know, and you got to stay away from them. And these movies that they're making are saying, yeah, white women don't want black men because, you know, they'd rather kill themselves than be with this thing when it's it's probably the fear of I want this to be this the story that kind of gets told. Black men are are you know they're they're animals they're beasts they're whatever um so i feel like the perspective may be a little different like i wonder if the perspective if if white women were making these movies you know all these years ago if that would have been the same narrative that would have been put forward just a random thought that i had as i was listening like oh that's that seems very 
one-sided, but it seems like it, it, it tracks with, you know, some of the thoughts that are still being pushed down now. But yeah, just a little two cents, that's all. Chris, I feel like you were about to say something. I mean, just just like what Warren said, this is kind of going back a ways, but when he said, like, you know, the data, like, you can, you know, if it's my report, I can make the data say whatever I wanted to say. So I, I totally agree with you there. And, um, you know, in, I think going back to the initial question or the topic at hand, the black male persona, it's all based off of, you know, probably people's upbringings, what they've been taught, and also stereotypes. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's all stereotypes. I think we, I think we did the podcast or um, I thought we did one regarding stereotypes. It's all kind of tied together um, because it's, you know, people's opinion of what, you know, black men or this or that or the other, it's all based off of their upbringing stereotypes. So, right. And so that kind of, that's actually a great segue to lead into kind of the heart of, you know, at least one of the many aspects of the black male persona that I feel like, you know, is something that definitely should be talked about is just the objectification and the fetishization of the black male. So, um, you know, we, and this is something that I can definitely, you know, speak to on a number of different levels. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, being, again, being a black male growing up, living in Detroit, and then living in North Carolina, those are two very different cultures. And the the level and the type of racism that you experience is also very different. But I, I know for certain that when I was in North Carolina during those years, the... I'll put it like this. I didn't experience the objectification of being a black male until I got to college, which kind of surprised me uh, that I didn't re- that I didn't see that in North Carolina at all. Um, but it's it's also it's also been very um, prevalent in, in media, right? So you know we see it in in different forms where you know black males aren't aren't always portrayed as themselves. They're portrayed as a, as a, um, an image of something or a reflection of something. So be it a criminal, be it, you know, somebody that's up to no good or, or any of these other, you know, narratives, you know, it's, it's never, you know, this is a, a black male that, you know, has a story to tell, has value, has meaning, has worth, that kind of stuff. Um, not that's not to say that all media is like that, but you know, the, popular media if you will um but there's the there's the objectification piece of it and um i find this fascinating because it's uh, i've often you know tell you know people this um if i wasn't so interested in architecture or like in mentoring i would have gone into like human sexuality because i just find it fascinating like truly fascinating on like a a very like basic level how we're so influenced and impacted by you know how we relate to other people on a on a sexual level um but the objectification piece is is huge you know again being a black male having someone tell you that like you know there's a there's an added level of mystery um or or excitement to wanting to like have sex with you that's a bizarre thing it, it's also a bizarre thing that that someone will refer to you as just a part of your body. So it's like, I want to do you because you have this, not because I want to do you because of who you are. Like, and that's that's something that, you know, 
as as much as I've looked at it, I don't see that in anywhere else. And you know, and they're, go ahead. Anywhere else, meaning in other countries or in any other, I guess, realms in America. Like, I mean, I I, I see, and I can understand, like the 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 taboo or the the uh, mystique of like you know uh, of like maybe Asian women or of you know Latinas and and that kind of stuff, but it's it's more so there's more personality behind that but when it comes to a black male it's it's just that one aspect of the black male which is is one part fascinating but one part like extremely troubling you know to again like i i'm in college right and so i'm i'm having females white females that you know are are approaching me because they think I'm a that black you're me well, that's part of it too, but it again, but again, it's it's the black male, right? It's you know this is this is a black male, and so this guy is gonna be like he's gonna be a savage in bed. He's gonna be oh so good, like his his you know what I mean his dick is massive, and like all of these things that are like, but you don't even know my name. You're just associating me with like a part of my body, and then on top of that, there's this added layer of like, not only not only are you associating me with that, but you're just using me. You're using the entire, all that is me just for that one part of my body. And it's, you know, that's, then that becomes like, uh, 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 that's where the, the fetish part comes in because there are people that just want you for that. And that's it. So, so kind of going to that. So I feel like there, there's a little bit of, of um of this bias that you may even have kind of looking at this right because if you think about it so if we're to say in america what's the majority white men right i feel like there would be this belief that white men are the majority in america from a historical standpoint maybe i mean obviously if we did the numbers the numbers maybe look very different in 2021 but i feel like people would just kind of roughly and generally believe that that's the the norm so if that's the the most prevalent. Everything else is gonna be less and more wanted, right? So if we're looking at supply and demand, so even looking at it from you know, so Asians, um, the Latinx, uh, Black. So so I feel like there's this level of, and I guess if we're looking at it, you know, from white women that are, I guess, would be the next most you know, important race in the country, just historically speaking, um, if they know that white men are what they have, you know, in droves, like, well, I mean, what else is there? Ooh, there's this other guy. Hmm. I could, I, I could, I could entertain that. Um, so I feel like the, fet the fetishization of it is due more to the fact that there's more there's more out there and there are other things so if if you're looking at a sea of red pens and you see a blue pen your eye is likely going to be drawn to the blue pen and i feel like it's the same kind of kind of thing that goes along with it i i feel like maybe any hesitation because honestly i don't know if people are really disinterested in other people because of you know 
just a natural inherent disinterest in other people. And I feel like that's learned and that's obviously a different conversation for another time. But I feel like at the end of it, you know, we see things we like, we see a shape we like, we see a hair we like, we see, um, you know, attributes that we like in a person to whom we're attracted. So we see that, I mean, skin color, I feel like we've been taught that that's something we do and don't like. Um, But if we just kind of if we were to draw a picture of just features like, oh, this would be a person and there was no skin color in it, I think people would agree that they they like what they like regardless of the skin color. So all this to say, I feel like the the fetishization of it is coming from the fact that there have been historically less of uh, fewer blacks. There have been fewer Latins, fewer different cultures than white that were available in America. I, I see I see where you're coming from, but I, I'm going to disagree because there is also the, so and this is historical, right? We're looking at I'm not I'm not saying like now I'm looking at you know 60, 70, however many years ago where things were very different. Yeah, the, the, there's there's been all right. So this is this is based off of my experience of things that I've I've come to understand and know. There's a, a segment of the population of, of people that that believe that um, a, a white woman, if, if she is to to marry, right, a, a white male, that she could not entertain a relationship with a black male because then she would be viewed as less than by the white male that she may potentially sure. want to be involved in a relationship with. Um, there's also the the prevalence of white males using black male bodies as vehicles of pleasure for white females. So, and that 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 then becomes again like you're an instrument. Like I I'm using this instrument to give pleasure to somebody else, and it, you're no longer a person. You're simply just an instrument, which is is that's but it's. It's not just you're just an instrument. It's you're this instrument that comes with all these attributes, right? All these perceived attributes of like, ooh, you're stronger, you're faster, you're you're more aggressive, you're this, you're that. Like, sure, I feel like vibrators in some sense are taboo. Anal beads and butt plugs are taboo as well. So, yes, I in this I, I think in this realm we're definitely speaking about you know sex specifically um but as far as that there we can look at you know different objects of pleasure um that are definitely going to see it be seen as instruments it just so happens that one of these instruments has been this like you said before hypersexualized person but even like let's let's go down this rabbit hole right even like mm-hmm. the larger instruments like larger dildos suddenly become black do do primarily to that yeah that that hypersexualization mm-hmm. right so, the, so the, even still like you're 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 creating you're you're maintaining that narrative right of, of the objectification of like you know this is a black person black people have this like that's a thing and so if we're able to then carry that narrative over then we can also carry over the narrative of black people are lazy they're unintelligent they're less than they are you know they're more prone to violence and being criminals and being aggressive and because you know, we want to feed into the one narrative, and that's where we're going. Like, that's where that ends up going. You see what I'm saying? 
So, I, but people, people are going to keep the narratives that work for them. People are going. People are going to keep what benefits them. People are going to keep the things that they can use. So, you know, if I happen to be going to a party of you know mostly white people, and you know I want to be seen as this you know super sexual guy, I can you know pop a button or two down on my shirt, and just like hey, you know, you know, you know the story. Wink, wink. Or if I step on a basketball court, you know. Similarly, like, hey, you know, you know, I, I dribble once or twice through my legs like, oh, look, this guy must be good because he's black. These are obviously for everybody listening. These are the stereotypes that are being perpetuated. Um, but similarly, using the basketball uh, analogy, the white guy you're going to pick to be a sh- the jump shooter because that's these, these are. Sto- but again, the, we will keep what works. If I see a bunch of black guys and a white guy, I'm going to assume, because of these narratives, that this white guy is going to get the first few jump shots because that's what white guys do. But again, it, it's I don't think we keep the narratives that are not going to be of some benefit to us. Like we probably, as black men, would not keep the narratives of black men being lazy. It is kept because if we are seen as lazy, someone else is seen as being not lazy. Right. So I imagine, you know, black men with average sized penises are going to ride that wave of, yep, I'm black. I, you know, I've got this, you know, 77 inch. I'm packing. <laughs> right. And, I'm I, because packing. That, and, and when when it's discovered to be determined true or not, it's too late. Right. It's after the fact. So I think all this to say people are going to keep what's going to benefit them. But then does does even having any of this play a benefit or are we better off defining ourselves for ourselves as opposed to picking and choosing what works, what doesn't work? Because then because then there are people that by default and, and through no through no real fault of their own are going to feed into some of these stereotypes that they believe to be truths. Like they don't necessarily they might actually know it to be true or not, but they believe that like no because i am black i am better at sports because i am black i am you know i am this i am i am better at sex or i'm better at whatever sure. but then on the same token because i am black i am more prone to be aggressive and violent because I, those I, things come with that so i don't think they should do any of it i think it should be mm-hmm. because of who you are granted you should understand i guess these stereotypes that come along with being black just to have an expectation of how you are perceived in the world. But you should not put that out into the world. Right. What you put out into the world is who you are as an individual. Right. That should mm-hmm. be the only thing you're projecting. And it should not be attached to any type of stereotype or anything like that. It should not be, oh, I'm like this because I'm black. This is attached to that. No, I'm like that because I am. Like, because right. I am like that. So, I mean, yes, the, the, the simple answer to that is, no, you should not attach yourself to any stereotype. You are that way because of you. We are in a society of labels, of boxes, and and these boxes and labels are going to be kept. And and we all keep them. We all keep enough boxes that if we look around, if everybody steps back, we'll see billions and billions of boxes. So all I have to do is hold on to one stereotype. If you hold on to one, if we all hold on to one stereotype, there are going to be billions of stereotypes that exist. So, yes, I, I agree with Mario a thousand percent. Like, we, we need to be our own selves. We need to be – that they don't benefit us, right? Because if they if they do benefit us in one way, they won't in another way. You, it's not going to be a 100% success rate all the time. 
The only box I want to be in is the Mario box. Why? Because ain't nobody else in that box. Just me. It's just me. I'm this way. I do these things. I am perceived this way because of Mario, not because of any other attribute. Not because I'm black. Not because I'm tall. Not because of any of those things. Literally because I'm Mario. That's it. That's kind of the best way things should be done. Be you. Yeah. And I think that's very telling because, again, like we go back to the topic, it's the black male persona. It's not a black male persona. It is like the black male persona. So it's it's partly on us to help deconstruct that and then to re-identify that like, look, black people come in all different shapes, sizes, ideologies, beliefs, all sorts of things. Like we're not, yeah, you know, we're not one monolithic thing. We are as colorful and as diverse and as as wide spectrum as as anything else that exists you know on this earth i mean we we may all the four of us be be black males but our experiences have varied greatly that's something to uh always consider is that that kind of falls upon us not not only to not feed into what those stereotypes like we said before or those belief perceptions are even if they are to our benefit it's always up to us to identify ourselves for ourselves. So like I've gotten in trouble with that, even with just like, you know, people that I know, you know, people are like, you're not out protesting. The fuck would I be out protesting for? Like I, I, it's not that I don't believe in what's happening, but you're asking me to go out and protest. Well, how I feel might be slightly different. I may not agree with exactly everything that's going on. And on top of that, if you know me, me doesn't do the crowd thing. I, I, I understand what groupthink is. I, I truly believe in that. So for me to be out there is like, I don't agree with what this motherfucker is doing, so I'm out. So that means I'm not going out there to begin with because I'm not going to be part of a group that does something that I don't believe in, period. So that that is, you know, that lends itself again to like, we don't think as one monolithic thought, you know, we're not one thought group think tank i should say we are all individuals and we all you know have our own individuality to us and that tapestry all together is what creates you know our collective identity as a people as a culture i have a thought think kind of kind of uh going going off of your i mean of, of our seemingly common belief about um needing to be individuals and kind of doing our own things I feel like looking at at the black man in America and how underserved this population is, why wouldn't the black man in America take any advantage they could get to have some kind of win? Right? So if I know that if I know that I could use one of these stereotypes for my advantage and I felt disadvantaged, why wouldn't I use it? And, and I'm not saying that that I think that's something that should, I'm not saying that I think that's a, a, a practice that should be enacted and used, but I mean, I, I, I'm fairly certain that if I, if I felt like I wasn't getting anything, if I was missing out on a lot of opportunity, any advantage that I could have over somebody else just for being black, I feel like is something that people would take. I feel like that's not foreign. And it's unfortunate that, that we are in a culture that is so divided or in a country that's so divided that we need to look. We need. To, we need these things to feel like we can at least keep up. We can be in the same race or the same category, same conversation. 
but what's crazy to me is I don't know that there's any one of those things, those stereotypes or those beliefs that is a positive. Yeah. It depends on who you are. It depends on what you're trying to get. I mean, let's say you're trying out for a, 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 a sports, a high school sports team. Right. You know, you may you may have a certain advantage over over another just because if you're if you're black and tall, you may be looked at as, you know, that ninth grade, you know, phenom that can, you know, do. So you may make the team you may get recruited for the team without even having to try out for the team. And in a culture that I feel that is so, you know, un- underserving of certain populations, sometimes it, it seems like, well, why wouldn't I take a handout that's given? me? Why wouldn't I take this, you know, this 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 free pass given to me? But this is also the same culture that says athletes aren't smart. Athletes aren't supposed to be smart. They they can't be smart. So if you're an athlete by default, you're dumb. You're an athlete because you can't you can't be other things that are better than being an athlete. Yep. So if I, right, so if I'm gonna be dumb anyway, guess what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a star dumb dude. I'm gonna be the star athlete dummy. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think we should ascribe to to any of those. Like we should, you know, go out here. I, the problem with that is one that I see is so say that person does that and that's fine, but what if they want to be viewed as a person as well? Absolutely. So so, so, so that's so that's what I'm saying. Like so getting back to Warren's point. I mean getting back to Quan's point, my bad. Um in in the long run, none of these stereotypes have like a positive end to them. Like they don't have like Correct. a positive connotation. Like sure. so it doesn't matter what it is. So if I'm the guy that wants to use, you know, my skin color and my height and athleticism to, you know, get me somewhere, that's great and all, but if I'm only as viewed as that and I'm not allowed to be seen as anything else other than that, and I'm not viewed as who I am as a person, I'm viewed as the black guy that can play sports. What did I really gain? Honestly. Nothing. You gave us you gave us by the team. Like you didn't right. gain anything. Right. Got nothing out I, of this yeah. I, I, I get it. I'll, that's why I with LeBron James over like last summer. You know, despite the fact that everything LeBron James has done on and off the court, he opened up a, a charter school and was able to send kids to college. You know, when he says something about politics, you got a newscaster telling him shut up and dribble. Wow, like this guy has done so much, and he has this great platform that he's trying to help reach out and educate, and he's trying to do something beyond just being an athlete. She's saying. That's not your job. You're an athlete. All you do is play a sport. You're not qualified to have an opinion on anything else. Like, and that's, but yeah. That's, I, that's I, shit. I, I, it, but again, this is, this is where we are. I mean, for, for what it's worth, we are all, we're having this conversation in America subject to what, what, what American rules and, and governing behaviors are. Uh, I'm not saying that it's it's fair. I'm not even saying that you should take that, you know, that quick short-term money and sacrifice the opportunity for the long-term money or, you know, the the short-term gain for the long-term gain. But I'm but I'm fairly certain that if people feel like their backs are against the wall and they don't have this opportunity to like, well, I'm not going to be anything anyway. And it's not even necessarily about being black, but about being underserved and underprivileged and under-resourced. If you need some kind, you need some kind of, you need a boost, you need a pickup, you need something. Unfortunately, I think people are going to take those, those quick things to kind of keep getting ahead, which I think is where we find ourselves, right? This is why we're able to have this conversation now with these perspectives, because we know that 
you know, taking that that short term that short term boost is not gonna it's not gonna win the race. You know, taking that you know that little bon- bonus to kind of pump you up right now is not gonna do anything. You know, miles and miles down the road. But I think it's important to at least acknowledge that this is happening and why it's happening. And yeah, and I think we also have to to work towards you know helping to educate people that you know you you have more to give. Like if you know if you there's nothing wrong with having dreams. There's nothing wrong with being able to 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 dream big. You know, trying to figure out how to do that shit can be difficult. But again, you know, here it comes. That's where mentoring plays a good role. Oh, here yeah, I think I think people I think people should discover yeah. mentoring. I mean, it's I mean, people need to discover mentoring. And if you didn't know, there's a there might be a podcast or two out there about it, but no big deal. Um, so it's it's hugely important though, um, in that that's part of the like identity building process. You know, we first learned that from our families, like how society works and how things are supposed to function. And then as we, you know, meet more and more people, that's how we develop our personality. Now, some believe that, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of other research that says other things as well, but part of who we, who we identify, who we determine that we're going to be is based off of other people that we meet. And so like, we have some sort of reaction to them, be it positive, negative, and that helps mold how we are as a person. And so it's important for us to, you know, as individuals, but also black men to help deconstruct some of the the things that have been put on us for our younger generations to say, look, 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 look. stop buying into that shit. Like, I know what what the world, what you feel like the world is telling you that, you, you know, you ain't got a chance and all this other stuff. It's up to you to determine that for yourself. Like no one, like it's, it's not, it's not genetically inherent in you to be better at basketball or to be a criminal or to be stupid or to, you know, do any of these things, whether you feel like they're pros or cons, like it is solely up to you to determine your fate and who you are going to be and if nothing else that's going to be that's one of the largest components of what we can contribute to our own culture is identity is reclaiming ourselves and saying like this is who i am it's not about who my mom wants me to be or who my boss wants me to be or who my neighbor wants me to be or my friends want me to be it's it's who i am and who i am going to be Chris, I know you got some thoughts on that, bro. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like it's it's it's, it's not being <laughs> being put in the box, dude. Um, and you know, in terms of the black male persona, um, I think it just goes back to like what I think of a black male. I think of somebody that is re- resilient and strong, um, because obviously to be where we're at as you know, four black men on the line, it it wasn't easy, um, you know, um, and probably was would be a lot easier if we were a different shade or a different color um white or whatever so um that that's just my my view on black male persona and and uh, what, it, what it means to be a black male in my opinion is somebody that's resilient can kind of pick their their stuff about their bootstraps and and um you know and find success um you know how hard it may be so that's my take thanks for the uh the the, the pass the nola pass with the rock i appreciate that hit you with it babe. i saw you over there in the corner you was like i got it i got it yeah. I need a shot. Be a shot. No, look, man. Yeah, I was ready to drain that three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, my man. Final thoughts? Um, 
you know, as far as, so I think in regards to the turn this conversation took, I think it's really good to understand how you are perceived. So how the black male is perceived in this country, in the world per se, it's really good to understand that, but not to give in and operate in that manner. Be yourself, be you. Um, your best uh, qualities and properties will shine through. Um, you don't need, you know, stereotypes and, and things like that to be something. Being yourself will will do you just fine. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my takeaway from that. Someone has a thought about a thought about a thought. <laughs> <laughs> so remember this time when I would no. Um, no, I mean we. I think we we kind of unpacked a lot in this conversation, and you know I, I feel similarly to Chris and Mario. Um, I mean it's really about being who you are and and finding what works and doing that. Um, we're gonna hear a lot. I mean, this this is not for black men. This is for everybody. I mean, there's going to be someone else that'll be telling you what you should do and telling you how you need to behave in a, in any of a number of situations. And at the end of the day, the only person that you need to be okay with is is you and your decision. So make sure you can put yourself to bed each night feeling comfortable in the decisions that you made and the skin that you're in because you know that's really that's really what's going to matter the most brother king take us home just to wrap up um i'm a big marvel fan um for those who haven't noticed so far um and it's important and huge uh to note just how important representation is in media you know marvel has had some some huge splashes in the term in terms of black panther rest in peace uh to chadwick bozeman for the impact he's played you know on us as as black men but also um a shout out to uh luke cage Th- those two stories represent a different aspect of what it what it means to be a black man so in in black panther we we can be kings of an advanced civilization that is far superior than anybody's ever known. And, and we can struggle with conflict and we can be strong, we can be smart, we can be intelligent. We can be all of these things. And, and in, in, in Luke Cage, you know, we can, the belief that we can be bulletproof, that we can exist in the world that we're in right now and, and be impervious to the things that, that try to take us down, you know, is, is important. And just being able to have that in the ether of, of our life is important. You know, and, and getting back to the black male persona, it's it's up to us to to define that individually. You know, don't let somebody put on you. This is who you are. This is who you're supposed to be because you are a black male. You need to identify yourself for yourself at all times. And I'd even challenge you to redefine yourself as often as you can. Continue to grow, continue to improve, continue to try to make tomorrow better than today and on that note this has been another episode of the fellas five podcast you can catch us where most podcasts are heard including anchor spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, breaker and a whole host of others we are truly international shout out to our international listeners in uh warren where are they from again international uh denmark 
Belgium and the United Kingdom, I believe. Yeah, we getting out there. We getting out there. We trying to take over Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario, where can, can we they get us? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Warren. No, I was just wondering if we can get some uh, Asian love, um, some Antarctican love, some African love. Um, Did you know you can't like go to Antarctica? Did you know that? Because it's not like a, it's not a, I can't say it's not a place, right? But Please it's like, don't say it's not a place. No, 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 it's a place, but it, it's not like an independent country. Like it's it's shared by like the entire world. So you just can't like show up to Antarctica. Like you gotta like. Santa yeah. It's a park. It's a park that you need a permit for. It's wild though. Like I, I didn't, I never realized that. It's like a, it's like a scientific site. Like the I whole. Can't, so I can't go to Airbnb in Antarctica. No, like you gotta like pre-approval and shit. Like it's crazy. I was like, what? That's wild. I'd still be okay with Antarctica love if they could, if somebody could love us from Antarctica. There are scientists that are down there, up there, depending on where you are in the world. Um, that could, you know. Oh, two, where's our Black History moment? That was it. Would, that was T'Challa and Luke Cage. I'm sorry. I thought that was kind of wimpy. That was that was kind of that was a little wimpy. Yeah. Just no, just so, okay. I was gonna I was gonna say something after the fact, but uh, Mario, you mentioned it now, so. I'm looking for a Black History moment. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm Mario. I'm sorry. Quan had asked you where we where where uh, on the social media end can we be found or contacted? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at the Fellow Five Podcast. Chris, uh, I heard we might have merch coming out. How do you feel about that? I feel great. That's news to me. I'm on board. <laughs> Love, Chris. Love, Chris. Welcome. Love him. We got some ads coming out, you guys. Stay tuned. We got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. We're working really hard trying to improve this and make this thing uh, as special as it can be for you guys that tune into us. So we appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Be safe. Be well. And uh, catch you next episode. And as Kevin likes to quote poets, the young poet Jermaine, Jermaine Cole, said, be beautiful. <laughs>